We're so glad you're here tonight. We've been sharing, studying on, on wisdom now for a few weeks. And last time I shared with you, I got into some areas about wisdom as our teacher. And it's so important for us to get a mindset. What is a student? What does a teacher expect from us? And I want to start off. You don't have to look this up, but you can write this down if you're taking notes. Let me just share this verse with you. Job chapter 11, verse 6. It says that he would show you the secrets of wisdom. Say that, the secrets of wisdom. That he would show you the secrets of wisdom. Listen to what it goes on to say. For they would double in your prudence. They will double your prudence. And that word prudence there means about even working in the area of the economy. It means to be ready instant, to be led, careful management, capable of exercising sound judgment in practical matters. How many of you know we need that in these last days? Sound judgment in practical matters. How many of you know in job and family and life, how many of you ever come against some things where I don't know what to do? You may call somebody, what do I do? You call on the spirit of wisdom that it will tell you the secrets of wisdom, God's wisdom. It talks about capable of exercising sound judgment in practical matters, to be cautious, to be discreet, to be thoughtful, careful, and considerate. And so I just want to encourage you about That's one of the things the Lord has promised us. And look with me in Psalms chapter 32. Let me give you a new scripture here tonight before we start in Psalms chapter 32. All we need wisdom. But just like we need wisdom, we need to learn to be a student of the Word of God. A student of wisdom. Wisdom is our teacher. Psalms chapter 32, verse 8. This is the Living Bible. It says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. This is the Living Bible. Psalms 32. 2 verse 8. The Lord says. Everybody says, the Lord says. Hallelujah. This is not Jay Leno. This is not a man. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. The King James says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. Now, let me give you a few words here just to kind of whet your appetite. The word instruct, if you're taking notes, write this down. The word instruct there is the word for tutor. The wisdom of God says, I will tutor you. I will instruct you. And it means this. The word tutor means to do this, to make one more intelligent and skillful. To make one more intelligent and skillful. A lot of times we say, you know, Pastor, I just don't have it. I, I just, I'm just not cooking on full 110. You know, I just don't have everything I need. Oh, but with the wisdom of God, it'll give you a wisdom beyond your understanding. You're not to lean on your own understanding. You're to lean on the understanding of God. And he's saying here, I will tutor you. I will be your instructor. I will teach you. And it goes on, that word teach means to point the finger in a certain direction. It means to aim you like an arrow. How many of you know, train up a child on the way he should go? Shoot him like an arrow for the target? The word, I will teach you always to hit the mark. Always hit the bullseye. Always hit the bullseye. And that's what it's talking about here. I will tutor you. I will instruct you. 
I will point you in the right direction. And I love this other part about, it says it there, and, uh, I will guide you with my eye, but I love the Hebrew. It says, my eye will be watching for your success so that I can have a party. I will instruct you. I will point you in the right direction. I will advise you for the right choices in your life. But my eye will be watching, not for your failure, but for your success. I have plans for you, Jeremiah says. They're good plans, not for evil, not to make you just have a mess. No, I want instruction. I want to guide you. But see, this is where we have to see where wisdom plays an important part. I've got to be willing to surrender to what wisdom is telling me. I love what a teacher said, a man wrote in his book. He said, our young people are not in school to learn to make a living. That's not education. The real education is to teach them not how to live, make a living, but how to live life. And that's the education that wisdom is trying to come forth into the church, into our lives. It's not about how you make a living, first off. It's how to live. Because if you live your life right, and the eyes of God are looking to see, oh, they're doing it. They're heeding. They're listening. Because one thing, and we've got something special for you tonight. I'm just trying to prepare the way in just these few moments. One thing about it is, is one thing about a teacher. A teacher's job is not to make you do something. A teacher's job is not to mold you. A teacher's job is to advise you. You have to apply yourself to listen. And, you know, a lot of times, like I told you uh, last time I was with you, the, uh, it says, apply your heart to know wisdom. Uh, that's one of the things the teachers would write my mom and dad about. You know, the kid, they would write my home about me. They said, the kid's, your kid's not stupid. He just don't want to apply himself to, to really learn. You know, he's happy with a C average where he could do a little bit better than that. Well, maybe they thought that. I don't know. But anyway, the important thing is, is that if I'm going to heed the wisdom of God, I've got to surrender and listen to it. You know, it's like so many times you can tell your child, I want you to go in the laundry room, the screwdriver's in the top drawer, and it's the Phillips. I want you to get it, and I want you to bring it to me. And when they leave, where do they go? They go to the bathroom, and they open the pantry. I don't see it, Daddy. Where are you, son? Well, I'm, I'm where you told me to go. Where are you? I'm in the bathroom. I said, did Daddy tell you to go to the bathroom? I think so. You know what I mean. He says, I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to aim you at the target. But I'm not going to make you. I will not. Wisdom saying is, I'm teacher, I'm instructor. But I'm not going to make you choose the right mate. I'm not going to make you choose the right job. I'm not going to make you say the right thing. I'm not going to make you pray the right thing. I'm not going to make you go to church. I'm not going to make you take notes. I'm not going to make you hungry. Because to the hunger you have for wisdom will be the acceleration of your learning. If you want to listen in school, you will accelerate to the top. If you just want to pass and have fun and forget your books. Oh, I forgot my books. I had homework. Well, I'll copy them off of Johnny when I get to school tomorrow morning. If you just want to go to school that way, you know what we tell our kids. Well, you know, what you put into is what you're going to get out of it. That's what wisdom is saying. How dedicated, how determined, how hungry are you? I want to instruct you. I want to be your tutor. I want to give you wisdom. Now, I shared this with you last week. I want you to look with me again. Proverbs chapter 2. 
Proverbs chapter 2. A lot of times, you know, we hunger for wisdom, but I believe that Spirit of God, He just started putting on my heart about the importance of us, the importance of having the mentality of a student. And the wisdom is our teacher. A lot of times we read and we study on wisdom, but are we really, really wanting it? Are we really applying it? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice. He preserves the way of His saints. And, and it just goes on and on. It talks about wisdom entering into your heart. And it goes on to say so, so many more important things. We just have to learn to listen. And we just have to learn to obey. Obey directions. Be willing to say, Lord, You tell me what to do. And I'll do it. I heard your voice and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away, the prophet Isaiah said. I heard your voice. Lord, I don't know it all. I am submitting to your wisdom and to your knowledge. It says in verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, My son, if he's not going to make us, if you receive my words, I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to force you. If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, So that you incline your ear to wisdom. You incline it. I'm not going to grab your ear and I'm not going to rip it off. You've got to incline your ear to wisdom. And apply, and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. Teacher, teacher. And remember in class, how many used to raise your hand? Teacher, I don't understand nothing you're saying. What do you mean? Where is that? If you lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search her for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is the teacher and the word of God is the syllabus, the curriculum that he is using. But how many of you know, I read here in an educational book, education reproduces life in a student. It produces life in a student. And, and I'll give you a scripture later on because I want to do something here at this moment. But, but I want to leave you with this thought. I've got two school teachers who are going to come up and give some examples tonight because I want to hear from school teachers who have studied and worked hard. I'm so proud of these two young ladies who have gone to college and they've worked and they've went back and they've done so many things to get their education. Now they're teaching children and I want them to give us a little input. But one of the things I I, I want to share with you is that the importance for us to have the humble heart of a student that I may be 50, I may be 60, I may be 70, I may be 80, but I always want to be a student of wisdom. I want to apply my heart to what wisdom is crying out, trying to tell me, trying to teach me, trying to keep me from certain mistakes in my life. So uh, I want uh, Sister Christy or Sister Peggy, uh, whichever one wants to come first, I want them to come. And I just want you to hear uh, some examples. And, and they're going to come teach us like a teacher and give us a few examples of what school is like for us who are old and forgot how it is. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, could you turn her up a little bit, please? Okay. Thank you, Brother Chris. 
I know I can, I'm very loud, and I can usually hear myself, <laughs> but just in case you can't hear me. <laughs> but I'm going to do some parallels between the classroom and wisdom and kind of things that go on in the classroom. One of the first things I want to talk about is distractions that occur right. in a classroom. And I'm just going to kind of tell you a little bit what goes on in my classroom. A lot of times during, while I'm teaching, you know, you'll see students playing with pencils or playing with their watches or their necklace and whatever is going on. And so I have to stop and, you know, try to get their attention, you know, look here, you know, for them to look to see what I'm doing, you know, because what I'm trying to do is teach them. They're there to learn and I'm there to teach. And so what I have to say is usually kind of important. They're going to need it somewhere along the line. And when I think about wisdom, Wisdom is always trying to teach us things that are going to help us, you know. But we're often distracted by the things in the world and usually foolish things that we're distracted with, and it keeps us from listening and learning what wisdom is trying to tell us and try to teach us. That's real Another thing in our classroom is homework. I know everybody loves to do homework, don't you? <laughs> and, do, you know, those students love to do homework, too. They love it so much that they'll let mom or dad or, you know, a brother or sister do their homework for them. And, of course, I'm kind of mean, so my response is, you know what? Mom and daddy and brother and sister are not going to be the ones that are taking your tests for you. You're doing the homework so you can learn the um, area, the content, whatever the material is that we're trying to teach you. Well, you know what? As a church, sometimes we want pastor to do all the homework for us. You know, and, but you know what? Pastor's not going to be the one who's going to take the test for us at the end. It's us that are going to have to stand. And when trials come our way and, you know, we go through the testing that comes in our life, we need to know how to take those tests and not only take them, but how to be successful you know, and pass the tests that come in our lives. You know, thank God for pastor who studies the word and gives it to us, you know, so we'll have some meat to eat. But, you know, we have to do our own part also and study for ourselves so we can show our own selves approved as the word says we should. That's right. Um, Who has students in public schools? Okay. You know, right now we're studying for the LEAP and for the I-LEAP testing. So we're preparing for the test. And I teach third grade. So, and as a teacher, I know a little bit about what's going to be on the test. And my job is, you know, to make sure I'm teaching my students what they need for that test. And sometimes, you know, during life, where was I? You know, what I do during the test, I know y'all find this hard to believe, but I'll sing, dance, you know, shout and do whatever I have to do to get the content across to my kids to make sure that they understand because we all learn in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also give them strategies to use while they're taking the test. Wisdom also knows the test that we're going to face, you know, that we're going to have to take. And so she likewise is trying to prepare us and give us strategies, you know, to help us through God's word so we can pass each test that we encounter. That's good. Um, Some of the things that I say, I kind of thought about, what do I say while I'm in class besides pay attention? (laughs) 
Pay attention. You're going to need to know this, okay? I'm not up here just to entertain, but I'm up here for a purpose. And wisdom is trying to teach us, you know, and say, pay attention. I'm trying to teach you this uh, for a purpose. It's not just to entertain you, but there's a purpose behind this, you know, and study, study, study. You've got to study God's word. You've got to know what God's word is, you know, and how it applies to your life. Just a few characteristics, some attributes of what the perfect student would be. Uh, one is, you know, one who's attentive and listens to what we're saying and is not easily distracted by things, who consistently completes tasks and mm. not just when they feel like doing it. Mm. You know, kind of like us, you know, we do it sometimes only when we want to do it, you know, or when it's entertaining, but you know, I have too much to do, so we just don't do it. Uh, applies what they've learned throughout the school year and doesn't just learn it for the moment and then forget it. Oh, that's good. It's kind of like, you know, hey, I'm stepping on my own toes up here, so it's okay. But, you know, sometimes we do that. We just, okay, God, I need you, I need you. God, give me wisdom. You know, God gives, pours it out to us, you know, because he loves us. And we learn it for that moment. And everything's all hunky-dory and going along just fine, and we forget what we learn, and we're not applying it and carrying it through with us through each situation that we go through. And also, I love a student who enjoys learning, who just eats it up, who's not there, and he's not like Pastor was saying just a few minutes ago, you're trying to shove it down their throat. You know, God's not like that, and we as teachers, you know, are not like that either. We can't force anybody to learn something. You have to be willing to learn and wanting to learn. And the same thing applies with wisdom. You know, you have to want God's wisdom. He's not going to force it down you. You've got to want it. You know, and I just know as a teacher, when my student learns something and they get it and they have that aha moment, you know, it's just the joy that it brings to me. And I'm just a human, you know, these aren't even my kids that I'm teaching. But, you know, we have an eternal father who we are his children. And how much joy do we bring him whenever we do the right thing and we enjoy and we just eat up the wisdom that he's trying to give us. And we're not only eating it up, but we're applying it successfully throughout everything that we do. Yes. Amen. Hey, Christy's going to come and share next. Okay. Let's get Sister Peggy a good hand. I forgot y'all's apple. I was going to bring you on Apple. I'm sorry. I forgot your Apple. Oh, yeah, Apple. Here's Sister Christy. Hallelujah. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you. Well, exactly what Sister Peggy was saying, Pastor, doing such a great job talking about tutoring and, and the Holy Spirit. And I just want to elaborate some more on those things. Um, one thing that's really important to me is obedience in my classroom. In the first week of school, and really the first month of school, I hammer on those rules. And we sing songs about the rules, and we make crafts with the rules, and we do all kinds of things with the rules. And there's a reason for that, because in my classroom, and in Peggy's I know as well, it's so important to us to have structure, because without structure and order and peace in your room, there's absolutely no learning that can take place oh, whatsoever. Good. And that's so uh, when the children are not or the students are not obeying the rules, what does the teacher have to do? You have to stop your whole lesson. You have to go deal with this situation. Everybody gets off task, and then you have to bring everybody back together, get focused again. 
But if you have students obeying the rules, then you have that peace and that order in your room, then learning can take place like that. The atmosphere is conducive to learning. Well, likewise, when we're obeying God's word, we have order in our lives. We have peace in our lives. And then the atmosphere in our lives is conducive to learning. The Holy Spirit can show us things that we wouldn't have seen before mm-hmm. if we were doing things we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And um, what I really want to touch on real quickly is about in the Word of God in Hebrews 5, 12, and 13. I'm going to read that real, real quickly. Um, it says, anyone, I'm going to start in verse 12. 12 to 13. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk and not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. So the word of God says that the milk of the word of God is just the basic Christianity rules, you know, we're not gossiping, we're not hating, we're not murdering, we're not committing adultery, we're not doing in sort of jealousy or envious acts or thinking, and we're keeping our lives free from that, and when we're obeying God's word, and we're at least doing the milk of God's word, then the Holy Spirit can say, now let me show you this, okay? Yeah. Now here's this level that you haven't seen before, but if we're still in the milk of God's word, we can't eat the meat, amen? Yeah. We have to obey his word and just what he's taught us about walking in righteousness and walking in holiness and just walking worthy of that call that he's placed on your life. And if we're not doing that, then we're just, our growth is stunted. We'll be infants Mm -hmm. just drinking milk all the time. That's true. Um, The other hand of it about obedience that in my classroom, when my students are doing things they should be doing, I catch them doing good things and being obedient, then I will reward them. I have a bunch of different things. But one thing is that I have a jar, and I'll put a marble in that jar um, when I catch them being good. And so when that jar fills up with marbles, they get some sort of a party, like a popcorn party or pizza party or cupcakes or whatever, and they love that. And so likewise in the Word of God, when we're being obedient, there are consequences and there are rewards. Yes. And it just goes, it's the same exact parallel. The other thing I want to teach on real quickly or touch on is about being teachable, and Pastor talked about that. You have to have that teachable heart. You know, there's nothing more uh, discouraging to a teacher than to have students that just think they know everything. Oh, come on. You know, and that's, that's it. That's as far as you can get. Please. You can try to pull those walls down, and sometimes you can be very, very successful in doing that. But, man, the job is so much harder that if they could just walk in the door and they're yielded and receiving, you can just move like crazy in that classroom, and learning is taking place all the time. But if you have to get past those walls and you don't have that yielded heart, your job is ten times harder. And I've even seen some of that in first grade. I teach first grade, and Peggy's in third grade. And Pastor talked about that a couple weeks ago. I had a student that did some things I never would have thought I'd seen in first grade. But she didn't have that yielded heart and that teachable spirit. And we just have to remain, like Pastor said, a constant student of God's Word. We'll never come to the end of God. We know that. There are volumes that we don't know. They're just in a public school or in a university. There are things, there are things I don't know naturally, you know, just 
tons of stuff, and, and you as well. But spiritually, there are things that we do not know that is so readily available as, to us if we'll just get lined up with God, obedient to God, teachable heart, and then the Holy Spirit can just pour it on in. And then there's no level that you'll ever stop. You'll just keep growing in God. That's right. How many want that? Yes. Amen. Amen. I do. I know Amen. you do too. The other thing is a good attitude. Mm. So much of learning uh, depends on confidence, and or we could say faith. Um, when new information is presented in my classroom, you know, for the most part, they're getting it. But every once in a while, I see a student that they've got, kind of got that deer in the headlights look, and so I have to stop <laughs> and um, you know try to convince them that they can do this. Even to the point where I've had students cry, you know, and so I come alongside. Now, who does this remind you of? This, the teacher, right? The Holy Spirit comes alongside, and sometimes I have to even get next to him and say, you know what? You can do this. Do you remember when we talked about such and such before, and you didn't think you could do it, but you made an A on the test? And then do you remember when you thought you couldn't do such and such, and you did it? And you made an A on the test. And so just like that, you're going to get this. And so you have to build that confidence again. And that is exactly like the Holy Spirit. Um, he will come alongside of you. In fact, one of his names in paraclete, the Greek yes. word paraclete, means one who comes alongside, just like Pastor was saying tutor. When he said tutor, I thought, that's exactly what that's like. Because when you're tutoring, you're sitting real close. It's kind of a one-on-one situation, and you're just kind of pouring in and building that confidence and giving some one-on-one instruction. The Holy Spirit will come alongside and say, you can do this. This part of your purpose that you don't know how you're going to do it, or that thing you saw in the Word, and you're thinking, Lord, it's such a challenge. How do I get there? You can do this. Anything God has told you to do, you can do it. He's equipped you to do it. God is such a merciful and faithful God that he would never show us something that we couldn't do. Now, do we depend on him for it? Absolutely. We depend on him for it. But we can do it. And so much of learning is having that positive um, self-confidence that I can do it. Um, the last thing I want to say real quickly is about staying on ready. That is so important to me as a teacher. Um, I, uh, sometimes if my students are doing something and, and I can tell we're losing the momentum in the classroom because when you sense that momentum going in your classroom, you don't want anything to disrupt it because those kids are just catching it. And like uh, Peggy said, it's so exhilarating and it just it's wonderful. It's what teaching is all about when you see them catching it. But sometimes every once in a while, I'll notice one or two get up to go get a Kleenex. And, you know, as they're walking by to get a Kleenex, they're looking at somebody's desk. And I can just tell they're piddling, you know. Do you know what piddling is? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll say something like, come on now, let's get the lead out. And they know exactly what I mean by that. They know that I mean whatever's weighing you down, whatever's got you distracted, you need to get on and get back to your seat and let's go, okay? Because staying on ready is so, so important when you're in a learning situation. And the Holy Spirit, the great teacher, he wants us to be ready to do whatever he shows us to do, especially in these last days. You know, things can get more and more interesting, and they've already gotten really interesting. But I have a feeling that we're going to have some situations that we need to step right into there and be God in that situation, God moving through us, That's us right. being his hands and his feet. And um, 
in 1 Peter 3.15, it says, Always be prepared to give an answer and give the reason for the hope that is in you. Someone asks you, why are you so happy all the time? Or why do you go to church? Or why do you read your Bible? You're always ready to give a reason. Always ready. Um, in 2 Timothy 4.2, the Word of God says to be instant, in season and out of season, to stay on ready and to stay full. And I think that's a, such a key part of staying on ready is that you stay full of God. You know, uh, with life, you know, you're getting sloshed all around. So you have to, like Ephesians talks about, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. You're staying full of God's Word. You're staying full of the presence of God. You're staying full of the Holy Spirit. So when that situation arises, you don't have to say, well, hang on just a minute. I know you have a tragedy in your life, but let me go get my heart right with God and let me get back full with the Holy Spirit and let me get full of God's word and then I'll be right with you. No, sometimes you have to be on ready that you're ready to step into that situation. You're instant, in season and out of season. You've got that momentum. You're always ready to step into that situation and be God's representative in the earth and let his glory fill the earth because that's what he's called us to. Um, So, uh, for instance... um, and, and what I've noticed, too, in, in my own life, and I know you've noticed this, too, if you'll think about it, right before you go through a trial, it may be a couple of uh, months or, or whatever, but the Holy Spirit will start dealing with you about something. Start looking at this in the Word. Start feeding on this. Pray in the Spirit more about this, whatever. And then, sure enough, something that you step into, he was getting you ready for that situation. But we have to heed his voice. And I know that life is so busy and it is screaming for everyone's attention. But you have to make sure that that spiritual antenna is always hooked up to God, that everything else just has to fall to the side. If he's saying, okay, now you need to go and prepare, then you do it. Yes. Because I really believe that those, those days are coming that we have to live on ready, live yes. on ready. Yes. So, um, but the Holy Spirit will always prepare. You can't uh, fix a roof in the middle of a storm. You have to stay ready. Yes. Amen. Amen. And that's what I have. Wow. Thank that you. is good. That was excellent. That was excellent. Thank you so much. Wasn't that good? Yes. I, I mean, why try to explain to a teacher when we got some in the church? Amen? Because, you know, I used to run away from teachers. But, you know, I appreciated what she said about, uh, I mean, they both said so many wonderful things, but like atmosphere, and I started thinking about, like with our own boys, they, they want to do homework with the radio blaring. They want to do homework uh, while the TV's on. And how many of us read our daily devotion with the news going or with the radio going? And they talked about the atmosphere to be able to listen, to learn, to comprehend. And, and, and when you have you ask your kids, they're texting. Oh, I can, I can text and read. Yes, yeah, sure. We're going to see in your next report card if you're keeping that telephone. Because your grades, your test, what you're going to be given is going to show where you are. So we see all these things are so important. And, and you, you heard a lot, and I have it right here, the, the relationship between a student and a teacher which is so important, and they go and they encourage. They do that one-to-one time in, in teaching those students. And I just want to give you a few scriptures right quick. Look at Proverbs 124. Proverbs 124. I'll, I'll go through this right quick. I tell you, that was so good. I appreciate it, ladies. My sisters in Jesus, good teachers. 
And we'll be doing more of this. But I want you to see this in, in uh, Proverbs 1, verse 24. It says, Proverbs 1, 24, Because I called and you refused. Let's just look at that right there. I called. I spoke to you. And listen, they do not want... How many know... Uh, I want to ask you, teacher, something. Y'all do not want to see the same kid next year, do you? Please get out of my class and go on to the next room. Well, listen, God doesn't want to see us fail the same failure again. We don't have to fail the same way we've been failing or making mistakes. The Spirit of grace and the Spirit of wisdom wants to guide and lead us till we won't make the same mistakes. And you know how many Christians go, oh, I should have had a V8. You know, I mean, they just wonder, why am I going through all of this? And we were just at a conference in Texas, and there was like eight speakers who were on TV. Huge churches, thousands of members, $58 million budget. I mean, huge ministries. And they spoke to us ministers heart to heart. You know what they were talking about? They're frustrated. Because 60% of the people who come to them and ask them for advice as a pastor, 60% hear it and do not do it. And they say, we are so tired of people stealing our time, asking us questions, and they say, what do you think the Lord would have me to do? And when you give them wisdom, 60% don't even do it. And they're frustrated. I don't want to frustrate the grace of God. I don't want to frustrate the wisdom of God. And look what wisdom is saying right here. I called to you. Proverbs 1.24. I called to you and you refused. I stretched out my hand, but no one regarded. Because you ignored my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. Now, watch this. A teacher, when a teacher really believes what they are teaching... They're going to teach with authority. Sister Christie talked about momentum. Now, when a teacher is teaching on evolution, they don't believe in evolution. You can, be, you can take it for granted. The kids are going to sense that teacher doesn't believe what it's teaching because the textbook says we came from explosion, but the teacher knows we came from God's creative power, and so they're not going to teach that with their heart like they would the truth. Well, it says here, you would have none of my rebuke. God is saying, I want to correct you. I, I, how many know a teacher will even threaten you? Hey, Johnny, I'm going to send you the principal. Am I right? He says, you would have none of my rebuke. So when your calamity, when it, your world falls apart on you, I'm going to laugh. You, you say you want to be your own God. You were taking in my rebuke, my counsel, my wisdom. So when things mess up, and you go, God, where are you? Where were you? I'm here laughing at you, child. Because wisdom told you you're going to see the principle. And so it says here, you did not listen to my, my rebukes, my calling. I will laugh at your calamity or when disaster overtakes you. And I will mock when your terror comes. And it says, then they will call upon me and I will not answer, Sister Christie. That also said about it, the end times, being careful. The interesting times. They will seek me diligently. Isn't it amazing that after somebody makes a mistake, then they start seeking diligently? Huh? Oh, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I'm sorry. I've been living like a sinner. God, forgive me. And they feel a touch from God and you don't see them again. Till they're in jail again. 
then you see them again. Those who seek me diligently will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord and would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they will eat the fruit of their own way and be filled full of their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. And whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Isn't that something? Hmm. Students will be tested. Now, I'm not going to go into it because we don't have time, but later on I want to get into the scriptures that it says that while you sleep, it will watch over you. Isn't it awesome that we can go to sleep and the spirit of wisdom can speak to our spirit? Why? Because then he goes on to say, and when you awake, listen for her. Wisdom, church, Wisdom is right there ready to speak to us in the morning. And at night, I'll tuck you in. I'll tuck you in. I'll stand watch over you while you sleep. And I'll be there when you awake. She said homework. Can I give you a little homework? This is so simple. When the alarm goes off, just stay there 30 seconds. Cry out for wisdom. Wisdom, I need you today. Come alongside me and lead me and guide me. The teacher, I told you before, wisdom will not make the decisions for the students. You must choose the way you're going to go. A good teacher will help you and he will direct you. He will assist you. He will encourage you. He will enrich you. He will inspire you. But they will not make you. They will not force you. And they will not mold you. Wisdom guides you. Amen. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let discerning get guidance. That word guidance, and I'll end right here. That word guidance speaks of expertise in navigation, in piloting through the confusion of life. Being navigated, having a spiritual navigation system in your spirit to lead you through the confusion of life. Isn't it great? The Lord said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. So he sent his spirit of wisdom to guide us and to lead us. Hallelujah. God bless you. Wisdom says, turn the cell phones off before service. Let's stand up.